0: Well, great to be with you and great to be uh, doing this occasional series. You might like to grab out this uh, little piece of um, artwork that Dave has done. Thanks, Dave. Makes me look quite um, with it somehow. Uh, And I'm just going to be following through that. And what you'll find in this uh, occasional series, we're going to do about once a month and uh, pick up one topic or other in the area of gifts. And uh, the idea is that as we do that, We'll just um, slowly infuse into our fellowship this concept in a way that if we did a kind of series, you know, six weeks or something, uh, six topics, that, that it may not quite have the same meaning. And so this kind of slow drip feed is part of the theory, because what we want is for the, the concept of the gifts that God has given us to be part of the life that we're, we're regularly used to. And um, I hope that as we look at this first one, you'll kind of get into the groove of that and you'll be anticipating um, you know, the many sermons ahead uh, over the next uh, whatever months. Uh, we haven't even set an end point on it. We've got the next three planned, but uh, we'll see how we go. So let me pray now, and then we'll uh, we'll look at this, uh, this significant theme of hospitality. Gracious Father, we're looking at your word and looking at ideas from your scriptures, and so we pray that you'd guide us. We pray for your Holy Spirit, to inspire us and give us understanding. Help us, Father, to understand uh, where we fit in this uh, this concept and help us to understand you better because of the uh, study we did this evening too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, gifts is the sort of thing that in some churches gets lots of airplay and in some churches gets none at all or hardly any. Um, I fear that mostly what we're used to is the sort of... Um, idea that, yes, look, we've all got gifts, get on with it, but not a lot of attention is actually really given to those gifts and so not a lot of understanding for us with this particular gift, how it is I'll be energised and helped to use my gift better for the Lord and better for the body of Christ. And that's really what I want to try and do by teasing it out uh, topic by topic over the uh, some months Sometimes what happens, too, is just the controversial kind of things happen. You know, there's lots of controversial things in church. People have controversies. And uh, what can happen is that uh, just those topics are kind of honed in on. And that's a real pity because what we end up doing is missing out on the real point of the teaching. And just some sort of fight is described or some some perspective or other is kind of pushed over against another. And that's a real disaster, I think, because we don't get the benefit of what God intends for his body, his believers, as they come together. And that is that each one would use the gifts they've got for the benefit of of that whole body. And uh, so that's what I want to try and do too, is just kind of take some of the heat out and have a little more light, as they say, uh, so that as we look at God's word and consider topic by topic, we'll get a better understanding of how we are to live uh, the gifts that we've got are to be used for the benefit of the body of Christ. So a few little definitional things, and I think Andrew is just going to kind of trip through these. The, um, thanks, Andrew. First thing is to know, it's a little bit of um, uh, Greek words here. So grace, the word is charis, it, is, it means God's grace to us, his kindness to us, his gift to us. The, uh, the word gift is charisma. You can see how that links up. And gifts, the plural is charismata, where we get the word charismatic. Someone who's got a lot of charisma is a person who is a gifted one, is the idea. So we use these words in our general conversation sometimes. But you can see the link. And this is the thing I want to try and um, establish, is that God's grace, from his grace, comes the gifts. It's, it's a way of God being good to us, That he gifts you and you and you in order to use your gifts for the good of the whole. That's the point. Now, when we think about uh, God's grace to us and the gifts that he gives, it is helpful for us to think in three areas. The first area is creation gifts. You know, I've done this in a lot of kind of church camps and different places. And I say to people, tell me what good gifts God has given to you. And often the first things that come up is, well, you know, we had a lovely day today. We did, too. And, uh, you know, we've got our health or we've got some sort of what I call creation gifts, the kind of the blessings that everybody shares in, perhaps in this area, in the mountains, or perhaps in the uh, in, in Australia or even just more generally in the world, the creation gifts. And they're worth thinking about and they're worth uh, blessing God's name because of him giving them to us. But as we reflect more deeply on the scriptures, we'll come up with what are the salvation gifts, So usually as I'm asking people, and maybe this is going to work in your mind too, you'll go to, you know, there's more than just the stuff around us, the creation gifts. There's the salvation gifts, God's love in Christ that has been demonstrated to us. The forgiveness that we have, the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us, the the promise of eternity. And those are the kinds of things that we'd start to think of, the salvation gifts. I want to suggest to you that there's a third section too, which is a subset of salvation gifts, And that's what I call the body gifts, and that's what we're going to be studying in these sermons. The body gifts, the the body of Christ, the people of God, the gifts that God gives to each one of us. And so that's going to be the focus. We won't be thinking so much of the creation gifts. We won't be thinking so much of the broader salvation gifts, as important, of course, as they are. But we're going to be focusing on this subset, the gifts given for the good of the body. Now, I want to give a, a, a little bit of, because that first talk here, I want to give a little bit of kind of general introduction. I want to summarise some key points from the four key passages. There are four passages, and they're easy to remember because there's two chapter 12s and two chapter 4s. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Couldn't be easier, could it? Maybe if they're all chapter 12s, but there aren't that many in, you know. Ephesians doesn't have that many, nor does 1 Peter. So so we've got those four passages. And it would be good for you just to go and have a little look at those passages, have a read through, see the way they talk about gifts. There's different emphases, different gifts mentioned, different ways that they relate to the passages around about them. And I'm going to just give you four ideas that come out of those passages. Not everything, of course, but four ideas that I think are important for us to get our mind around prior to looking at the first particular topic on hospitality. First thing you'll notice is they're often called spiritual gifts, and that's right, but there's only one passage talks like that, talks about them as coming from the Spirit. There's another passage talk about them coming from Jesus, the risen Christ. He is the one that gives, that's the Ephesians 4. And then there's another passage talks about them coming from God, God the Father. So we ought to talk of them as, as the triune gifts, the gifts from God, the Trinity. They're from all of God, not just the Spirit of God. And I think that is a helpful thing for us to notice. Second thing is that the body metaphor is the dominant metaphor, the, the dominant way of discussing. Not in all the passages, but most frequently, it'll be the body of Christ, many gifts, all, each gift is to be used for the good of the body of Christ it's worth reflecting on that it's the body of christ straight away it's not just about us here on earth but it's us here on earth connected to christ in heaven and so we have it is that that significant concept that we're to think of the third thing is that there is what i a little phrase i've just made up here is an originating priority on the word gifts and you'll see that in a couple of the passages he'll talk about first The word gifts, you know, teaching, apostleship, evangelism, those gifts are the ones that are then used to build up the other gifts so that the the body of Christ could be built up. And there is a logic to that, uh, and we will come to that in future sermons. I'm not going to start my series with the originating priority kind of um, idea. I want to start somewhere else for another reason. But uh, it's important for us to notice that, that without the word gifts, without God speaking through the gifted ones, then the church will go astray and become a mess. The body of Christ will become weakened if we don't have God's word at the centre. It's a kind of obvious thing when you say it like that, but we'll come to that as a a particular topic in a later sermon. The other thing to notice is that, and this is a theme I think is really important, is that we all have to do a bit of each one of the gifts, but some have got the gift, all right? We're going to see that again and again. So this one, hospitality. Everybody's got to be hospitable, but some have the gift of hospitality. Everyone's got to teach one another about the Lord, but some have the gift of teaching, etc., etc. And that's a really important thing because it it stops us from thinking, oh, "I don't have the gift; I don't have to do that." Because there'll be a Bible verse somewhere that says you have to. But also, it allows us the concept that I don't have that gift. They do, and look at how well they do that thing. Anyway, that's part of what we're going to explore today with hospitality and in the, uh, the weeks ahead with the other ones. So let me turn then to hospitality and actually look at some of these verses. And the Romans 12 passage, um, there's that little phrase in verse 13, practice hospitality. Now, if you just scan your eye through these uh, verses, uh, Romans 12, 9 through to whatever it is, 16 we've got there, and, and the others around it, it's just general kind of, commands, really, from the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Rome, saying, do this, do this, do this, all good, do all these good things, don't do those bad things, do these good things. And in the middle of it all is practice hospitality. Now, I take that that's the example that all of us have got to be hospitable people. Um, You you can't be kind of grumpy heads, you know? You've you've got to actually think about other people. You've got to be somebody who, well, that's true for everybody. But what we're going to focus on today is that some have the gift of hospitality. Now, not only is this a command to everybody, be hospitable, but in 1 Timothy and Titus, in those passages, you can look them up later, where he's talking to the elders, to the leaders of the church. One of the criteria they have is that they are to be hospitable people. So every Christian should be hospitable. Think about that. Particularly leaders should be hospitable. That's a really interesting concept, I think, and it'd be good for you maybe in your live groups to think, why is it leaders need to have that characteristic particularly? But then, and this is what we're going to focus on, some have the gift of hospitality. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 7 to 11, he talks about... Maybe we can go on. Yeah, so he's, he's talking, verse 9 there, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards. Now, I don't know why it was that it was kind of a sense of grumbling going on in the church Peter was writing to. But you just get this sense there's something underlying that people have got gifts and they're, they're kind of not using them quite with the spirit that's intended. And so he goes on to the next verses. If, if anyone speaks, you should do, as one who speaks the very words of God, you know, not, not kind of getting it wrong. If you're serving whatever it is you're doing, you are to do it with the right attitude and the right, the right mood, the right spirit. And so what I'm going to uh, put to you then is everybody's got to be hospitable. Particularly leaders should be hospitable, but some have the gift. And if you've got the gift, do it with the right heart, the right spirit, the right idea. Okay, well, what is this idea of hospitality then? Um, I, I don't usually do lots of Greek words. Dave's good on his Hebrew words. It's always given us Hebrew words, but I do want to give you a little Greek word here. What, the Greek word in hospitality is just a really interesting word. It, it's this word, philoxenos, philoxenos. In in Greek, maybe it'll come up next, Andrew. There we go, philoxenos. The, in Greek, the, that what's there as an X is a kind of a like sound. Do you want to practice that? No, just kidding. Um so philoxenos. Now, what's interesting is the one word that we, we use this xenos bit is the word xenophobia. Well, some of us use that word. Xenophobia is phobia, fear. Xenos is the other, the fear of the other. And, you know, very often you use this in politics or if, if you know, we've got people who are coming on boats and people are afraid of that other person, that, that, that different from us kind of person. It's a very important concept in, in sociology and in social psychology and that sort of thing, is who do we think's on the inside with us and who do we think's on the outside? And how do we then relate to the outsider? And uh, when you look at the way in these, these things work sort of socially is that once you've defined somebody else as the other, not me, not my group, not my friends, then it's very easy to be rude to them. That's the point of it, you know. They're other, so I can ignore them, or I can mistreat them, or I can even go one step worse. I can demonise them and say, "Look how bad they are. They are other than me. Are they even human?" You know, that's the kind of idea. So, hospitality is the exact opposite. It's philo, xenos, philo love, love of the other. That's what hospitality is. It's it's to turn the other into one of us. That's hospitality. It's to go from there over there and different to I will welcome them in, I will be hospitable and bring them in to be with me and my people. I find that really helpful, what hospitality is about. And we're going to explore that more uh, this evening. So let's think now, moving the person from being another to a friend, that's hospitality. We welcome them, we care for them, we bring them in, we draw them in. We go to them and bring them to us. That's the concept of hospitality. And I want us to, before we look at how that functions in in our fellowship group, within our church, within our live groups, I want to think about God. Because for every gift, you think about it, if God is giving it, it means he's got it in the first place. And God is the hospitable one. is the one who exudes all hospitality. is the one who goes out and brings in. Let's think about some of these ideas. First thing is, God is hospitable in the fact that he creates. There's not lots of verses about this, but when you think about before creation, what you see is that there is Father, Son and Spirit. There's a kind of hospitality right there. This is one of the unique features of Christianity, so very different from Islam or so many other faiths, is that at the very heart of God is is a loving relationship, a a welcoming, appreciating, other-glorifying relationship. And what God does is he, he extends out beyond to create in order to draw more into that life of God. And so creation becomes extended into salvation to bring us to him. And it uh, links up with some of the things Dave was preaching about a few weeks back, the idea of all things being tied up with Christ at the end, all things coming together, being united under Christ. So God creates, he saves in order to bring all things under Christ, with Christ. You see uh, this very concept, story after story, in the Bible. Um, think about even when the Adam and Eve had sinned in the garden, and we get that beautiful little picture, and it's so spoiled. It's it's this kind of beauty that's destroyed. Is God was walking in the garden, and he calls out to them. You know, presumably, on other times, they've come to him. But then sin has come in and marred that relationship. It, you have you have this idea right from the very start, as God interacts with the people on Earth, that He is a welcoming God. I can't help but imagine, you know, He's uh, on other days prior to the sin. You know, He's walking around the garden, having a lovely time. Hey, I like what you're doing that broccoli, you know. And you've done the avocado. It will take a while, but it's worth it. You know, it's that kind of thing. And you just get this this picture of of a, of a mutual enjoyment of bringing in to the relationship of God and then, of course, the the break in that relationship. And, and so what happens is the rest of the Bible you see again and again, God extending his hospitality despite the sin. And so um, if you think in that passage in uh, Exodus 24, which was actually stopped just a little before the climax, so I get to read the climax of the passage, and uh, you may not have noticed this passage, but it, it is a gem. It is a really wonderful passage. So all we have is the, the um, this is this kind of linked up with the Ten Commandments, so it kind of fits nicely with our broader series we're doing currently. And so what happens is there's all the people around the mountain, Mount Sinai, and the law has been given in chapter 20. And then we come to chapter 24, and God is setting all these rules of exclusion. Only you, Moses, can come. Everybody else has got to stay at the base of the mountain. No one's allowed to come. If they come, they're going to get zapped, is basically the message. I, that's my paraphrase. There's a proper word for it. But you've got this idea that that the people are to be kept away. But then this delightful hospitality of God happens. When Moses purifies the people, you know this ceremony of blood being sprinkled? We can't help but think of Jesus, can we? His blood makes us clean. The Old Testament symbols, the sacrifices, made the people clean symbolically. And what what that facilitates is the people then coming to God. So verse 9, Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel, representing the whole people, all the people, the 70 elders of Israel went up. Now, the next verse, you could be thinking, and God's that? that that's kind of where we're, we're headed, but no, no, it's entirely different. They went up and they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. What happened instead? They saw God and they ate and drank. Now that's hospitality. You know what was what was the danger, what was the warning, what was possible? Destruction. No, no, no. God welcomes them in. And they saw God and they ate and they drank, symbolising the whole people. All the people were coming, as it were, to God. And so then they could they could sit with God, they could eat with him, they could be with him, the divine hospitality. This is actually the start of a banquet theme. You know, Jesus talks about the great heavenly banquet. This is the reference that starts it all off, is this glorious vision of God's people gathering with God, the hospitality of God. Well, jumping on, Old Testament laws, you see again and again, got to be hospitable. You know, if a sojourner, a, a traveller comes to your town, Uh, then you've got to welcome them in. In the kind of ancient world, that was the thing that was expected. God makes it a law. You can't kind of beat them off and say, go away, you other. No, no, you've got to welcome them in. Widows, you know, it's so easy to ignore widows. So easy to ignore the, the orphans. But there are laws in the Old Testament that say, no, you've got to look after them. You've got to be hospitable. You've got to take them in. You've got to care for them. These are all symbols of how God is the hospitable one. We see it, of course, in the life of Jesus. Again and again in Jesus' life, we see his hospitality. He welcomes the children. He sits them on on his knee. He welcomes women. He welcomes those who are outcasts, those with diseases that no one else would come near. He'll bring them close. He wasn't afraid of of their illness. Uh, the first miracle is a classic. You know, he turns water to wine. You get this little theme that comes up again and again that the the visitor becomes the host. And in that miracle where Jesus turns water to wine, you know, he, he's invited along to this wedding, but then he becomes the one who is doling out the good things. Uh, hospitality just oozes out of him as he uh, creates that miracle. He became known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Uh, there's hospitality. The, the, the decent folk would keep away, but Jesus was there. So much so that it became a slur against him. And when you read the Gospels more properly, you go, that's his his badge of honour. No real slur there that he was so hospitable. The post-resurrection appearance when he's uh, walking and the, the two... Uh, um, Cleopas, and perhaps Cleopas' friend or wife, we're not told, two people, and they're going to Emmaus. <clears throat> and Jesus comes alongside. He's, he's died, he's risen, and they don't recognise him. And then they go into his into Cleopas' home, and they're eating. And then in the breaking of the bread, he's revealed to them. And again, you get this idea that the, the visitor becomes the host welcoming them to take part in the fellowship meal it's just a beautiful picture the hospitality of god well i hope what's happening is that those of you here with the gift of hospitality are getting pretty excited about this what i typically find is that when you when you think about your gift in the character of god you like it you got the gift of if you're sitting there going yeah that's good stuff okay i can cope with that Uh, You maybe not have the gift of of hospitality. But the people with the gift of hospitality go, oh yeah, that is my God. And that's the gift he's given me. And that feels so good and so right, because that's who God is. I hope you're understanding more the meaning and the value of the gift that you've been given. It goes to the very centre of who God is. It comes from God. It's what he's like. It's what the gift does in you that he has given. Makes you like him. Is God's grace wrapped up in you, in your life, with a ribbon on it? And, And that's a gift. And you've got the gift, and you are the gift to the body of Christ. That's true of all the gifts. We're looking at hospitality this evening. The gift of hospitality is that you get to embody something of God to the people of God. Well, let me now explain how this actually functions. What does it actually look like, this gift of hospitality, in the fellowship here at Soma, but in any church? Hospitality is for the body of Christ. <clears throat> Often we just think about people who cook lovely meals. Now, I don't want to discourage anyone who cooks lovely meals. That, that's, I'm, I'm for that, and um, that is a good thing. But it is not just about cooking lovely meals. Hospitality is, is a deeper concept than that. It can be a part of it. But it, it. I think best, we think of hospitality as a bridging gift, a gift that goes from over there to here close. It, it it functions like a bridge. It moves people from being outsiders to being insiders. Think about the way churches function. So you've got these evangelists out, out there on the hills, all right? Evangelists are always outside. That, that's where they love to be. Evangelists want to be outside because that's where the people who don't know Christ are. And so evangelists are there bringing wonderful news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And tragically, we'll see this in a few uh, sermons time, tragically often evangelists stay out there and the people that they bring to Christ stay out there. That's not how it's supposed to be. What you need is a bridging gift, hospitality. The people who will then bring that person from what the good work evangelist has done from their good work to bring them into the life of the body of Christ. That's the point of hospitality, to make the other an insider. Hospitality draws them into the transforming body of Christ. How is it that somebody can move from just kind of hearing about God and going, yeah, that makes good sense to me, I need more of it. Where will they get more? They'll get more in the body of Christ. That's the point of the church, is that a person will discover more of themselves more of how God wants them to be. They'll receive healing, they'll receive uh, change in their life as they come into the body of Christ. And that's why hospitality is so critical. It draws them in. It draws them in for pastoral care. And that's, of course, we're going to, one one of their sermons will be on those with the gift of pastoral care. See, the people with pastoral care are just hanging around going, I wish there was someone I could care for. And what they do is they they ought to start looking to people with hospitality and say, Can you go and get them for me from the evangelist? Do you see how this works? Because then I can care for them. Because that's what I'm not going to go out there. But you bring them in, I'll care for them. And what a wonderful thing that is. And the people who are resourcing, you know, the, the people who are teachers can bring the resources. You think about a person who comes to know Christ. There's so much they need to know. There's so many things about their life that they want to discover, about God that they need to understand and want to understand. So the person with the gift of teaching will look to the person with hospitality. Yeah, yeah, get them and bring them in. Be that bridge for me so that I can now teach them, and and then be deployed to do ministry. Once that person's come in and their pastoral care, their wounds have been healed, they've been taught, they understand God, of course they'll want to do some ministry, and the leaders, those with gift of leadership, will deploy them to do ministry, whatever their gift is. That's the idea. Such a great need, and I think increasingly important as our society becomes less Christian. Because churches look weirder all the time to those outside because it's so different from what they're used to. So how much more important that we have someone who can, you know, at a level, I don't want to make it too silly, but, but to socialise the person, to understand what God's people, God's body of Christ is about. That takes a lot to do. And that's what a hospital, the uh, hospitality gift is about. We bring people in, not, not to control them, but to have them experience the fullness of what God wants for us. So my encouragement to you, if you've got the gift of hospitality, hang out with evangelists and get to know those with pastoral care and teaching gifts, because you're a bridge person. Absolutely vital that your gift be used to do that kind of bridging work. And you need to know the other gifted ones so that you can bridge from them to them. That's your task. And cook nice meals. That's a good idea too. Okay, now I've just got one little uh, couple of sentences on the shadow side of hospitality, Okay, we're always going to have a little bit of what's the, the possible negative things, the shadow side. Every gift has got a shadow side. Um, you can always use it for yourself selfishly. You can always use it just for your own family and friends. You cannot be the bridge that God intends you to be. That, that's that's the shadow side, to to misuse the gift. Um, not for the body of Christ, but for your own self. Or you can use it just for insiders. You know, uh, I'm just going to do it in a way that's kind of only for those that are near already. Or you could be the uh, the kind of Mary and Martha thing. You know, Martha was in the kitchen fussing, said one of our little children's books, Bible stories. She was in the kitchen fussing. The event mattered more than the person on that occasion. And Jesus says to her, Martha, you misunderstand. It's great that you've got this kind of hospitality thing happening, but sometimes you've got to sit and listen to me. And it's possible to do that with other people too, not just in terms of being devoted to the Lord Jesus. It's possible as a hospitality person to, you know, we're going to put on an event. And, oh yeah, it was for people. (laughs) There is that shadow side possibility. Let me conclude with a few key ideas then for how this is to function in our fellowship. All of us have got the responsibility to be hospitable. Remember those verses? But some have got the gift. And those with the gift, oh, use it, please. Use it for the good of the body in the ways we've been looking at. And uh, the experience of anybody who uses their gift is they feel more alive. They feel more real as a person. They feel more truly human. And the reason is because they are more reflecting God. You know, the definition to be truly human is to reflect what God is like. And when we use our gift, then we are reflecting who God is... And we'll feel like we've arrived somehow, that we are the person we're meant to be, but that we're not somehow kind of a stranger on this planet. This is, it seems to be one of the wonderful things about church. Church allows us a context to be truly human, to be truly who we were made to be. And the fact that each of us are made differently is part of the joy and part of why our body is so key to the story. So those of you with the gift of hospitality, enjoy your gift. Use it. It'll make such a difference to who you are and how you think of yourself. And, of course, as you use your gift, what a wonderful blessing that is for this fellowship, for some or indeed in any church context. What a wonderful blessing that will be. Uh, For those of you who don't have the gift of hospitality, of course, you're going to be hospitable anyway, but for those of you who don't have the gift of hospitality... Notice those who do. If you're an evangelist, link up with them. If you're a teacher, pastoral care person, link up with them. Hang out with them. Get to know them as a person. Enjoy them. strategize together to how you can use your gifts in a, in a corporate, coordinated kind of way. And also for the rest of us, we should just kind of have a little bit of a standing on the sideline clapping kind of experience. Because it is a wonderful gift. And of course, when I preach my sermon on your gift, we'll do just the same for you. Let me pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that you are so hospitable, that you've drawn us to yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you too that you've put a ribbon on a number of people in this room and you've given them to us. We thank you for that hospitality gift that uh, is so evident, and we just ask, Father, that uh, you would equip and empower and strengthen those of the gift of hospitality, that they might be the bridge between evangelists and others here in the church. We pray it, Father, so that your body is built up, it is mature, it's not, not tossed back and forth, but stands firm in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.